Welcome to the Living in Desire podcast. I am your host, Natalie of Natalie Christina Coaching. I am a relationship coach on a mission to normalize conversation about sex, God, and the interplay in between so that individuals and couples worldwide can step forward into ignited, conscious, romantic partnership and begin to truly live in desire. As you listen today, don't forget to screenshot any points that resonate with you. Share and tag Living in Desire podcast on Instagram so that I can learn exactly what is pulling you in and be sure to roll out content that caters to you exactly where you are at right now. Today, I am sharing with you my top three tips for how to begin using desire as a guide. If you haven't yet listened to episode two, what does desire mean to you? I highly recommend jumping back and giving it a listen before diving into today's discussion. That being said, it is absolutely not necessary. So do what feels right for you right now. For those of you who choose to just jump in where we're at today, um, I'll give a little bit of background information on what episode two was all about. So on that episode, we talked about desire as a state of being, a physical feeling that shows up differently for each one of us. And that at the base of this, if we can really tap into it and identify this physical sensation, we can know exactly what we're meant to do, which is really awesome and can also be a little bit frightening and a little bit overwhelming if this concept is super new to us. Now, I am not typically a fan of super ultra juxtaposed language. However, when it comes to highlighting the effectiveness and intention behind a brand new concept like the one we are discussing today, I do think that starting in the opposite can be a great way to illuminate exactly what we're trying to talk about and help make it just a little bit more tangible because we really do need to understand from what we already know, not something that's completely abstract to us and brand new to us. So let's start with fear because I'm pretty dang sure everyone has felt fear at some probably recent point in time. So. Let's move forward on the assumption that anyone listening, and I'm including myself in this, as you will soon find out, has made a decision in their life that they thought was based in excitement or impulse or some other sort of high energy. For me, those sorts of things feel really high and buzzy and almost physically like I'm being pulled away from my center. So that's how I describe that as high energy. So I'm sure we've all made decisions based on those things, only to realize afterwards that it was actually maybe some kind of a fear that was acting as our driving force. So it's possible that the decision we made yielded honestly pretty devastating results, but it also maybe didn't. I will say from my personal experience and the example that I'm going to share with you today in a lot more detail, Fear-based decisions don't always have to destroy everything. They can actually bring about some really wonderful, amazing results. And they are also an opportunity to learn how next time going forward, we can enter into those wonderful things in a way that feels a little bit better, a little bit more grounded and peaceful for us. So my story. About a year ago from the time that this episode is being released, And I feel it very important to mention that as I speak these words to you, I am having a total great Scott Marty kind of moment um, all alone with my microphone in my living room. Um, And I just showed you how nerdy I really truly am. (laughs) So anyway, moving forward, Um, about a year ago, I was working with a business coach one-on-one 
and we were nearing the end of our mentorship together. I was pretty brand new to this entrepreneur thing. I had been serving people in this capacity for quite a while, um, but I hadn't officially put it out there that I was doing this as a real offering uh, prior to working with this coach. So through our time together, I'd really formulated my offer. I'd gotten super clear on who I was here to serve. And I was pumping out content that honestly felt really good to be sharing um, and just really right for me in that moment. But I was still floundering. So the slightest thing that came to me off script completely would throw me for a loop and I needed that support. So at the end of our eight weeks, when she offered for me to join her year-long group program, it really didn't come up as an if, it came up as a how. So with that how, the investment level was a lot. Not for what I was investing in, but just in general for me, given my financial position at that time, it was a significant investment. I knew I couldn't come up with it on my own. I did not have enough room on my credit card, and to be completely honest, I still don't. That's, that's something I'm working on this year. And I was afraid that this financial situation would really be the thing that stopped me from getting the support that I needed and making my business grow. And I was also afraid of what I might have to do to get the money, but I did make the ask. So I called a family member and they offered to help with what I couldn't come up with on my own as a no interest loan. So first thing to do this went against every bone in my body. It was an option that I had heard of along the way. And so I thought maybe I was being um, too rigid. And if it was being suggested by someone I look up to, then maybe it could be okay. And the next thing, I had made a decision to commit my year to growing my business, including setting aside some other projects that I had on the go and had been involved in for quite some time. Um, and I'll probably share a bit more about those on another day. So this seemed like something that I had to do because I had made that decision. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, well, I made the commitment, so I guess this is the thing. So in the background though, throughout all of this, there was a voice and a feeling that I was ignoring. And that voice came up as, you don't learn as well in a group environment. And this way of investing is not being self-supporting, which is one of the primary notions I needed to integrate into my life after getting sober about seven years ago. And the feeling that was coming up for me was it felt like my insides were pulling together to this one specific spot behind my belly button and beginning to rotate inward onto each other. But I ignored it. I thought, clearly not felt, that these feelings were coming up as fear of taking the steps that I needed to take. What I realized now, a year later, is that it was actually quite the opposite. And in my experience, and in a lot of the suggestions I make to people I work with, it usually is. My physical body was telling me exactly what I needed to know. And my thoughts, which I allowed to guide my actions, were actually what was articulating my fears in that situation. This way of investing was not right for me. And that is why I had that feeling actually, literally, in my stomach. And this type of program is not where I flourish. And I know that. And I don't need to force myself into an environment that I know is not the type of space I like to exist in. So where does that leave me now? Well, I will say 
I absolutely did get some amazing gems out of this year-long program and met some really incredible women, and I do not regret it. Um, my coach is this amazing, incredible human filled with more love than I could ever imagine. I have worked with clients, honed in on my mission and vision, hence this podcast, uh, gone on retreats to Colorado and Arizona, and even more recently have gotten super, super clear on exactly what that mission and vision is and how I'm articulating it day to day. And I'm doing that in a way that feels good and it doesn't feel forced. And so I just want to say there absolutely has been so much value that I have gotten from this year long program that I opted into. And I also know that the way I entered it was not a way I would want to move forward again. So What I had regret for and now can learn from and share with you is really about how I entered the program. So when that how voice came up, what what could I have done differently to make that decision to move forward more peaceful? So I suppose in a way, this three tips for using desire as a guide is really becoming more of a what would Natalie have done differently. Um, But there's nothing wrong with that. Because part of being a mentor that I have realized along the way is needing to go through the shit and trying absolutely everything so that I can bring those I'm meant to work with or bring you, anyone who chooses to listen to this, the very best of what has worked for me all in one place so that you don't have to scramble and take the decades to find all of these tools and then pull out the combination of three that seems to work for you. So let's do this. Step one was take pause and notice what your body is telling you. I did not do this. I did not stop to get really clear on the physical sensations that I was feeling. Um, On episode two, I talked about starting to note these down. um, And that space, we were talking about noticing how desire feels. But really that same practice can be onto any emotion or any guiding feeling or or reaction that we might have so begin to write down how it feels in that situation and notice those physical feelings and then we can start to match those to other experiences that we've had along the way and so in this instance had i done that i could have potentially realized that this was actually a feeling that was guiding me to say no this is not the thing for me i had an opportunity to get clear on the fears that were coming up. So in this case, that would be my step two, is notice the feeling and then move on to write down all the fears that seem to be guiding your decision. So for me, it wasn't actually the financial fear. What was really guiding me to do something that still does not sit right for me in terms of my financial freedom and my narrative with money was a fear of being alone, a fear of being inferior, a fear of not having other options, of really not knowing where to go. Um, And I remember at the time that that really came up and, and also noticing that I felt like I was abandoning my coach, which is funny because this is a mutual investment of time and money and I wasn't abandoning anyone. There's always someone else to take up that space. And as a mentor now, I know that with the people that I work with and I'm calling in. And then the other big one that was coming up was fear of failure. Um, And I was, I was terrified that if I didn't do this thing that was right in front of me, 
that seemed to be coming up right when I said, I'm dedicating this year to building my business, that my business would not grow. And I can't know if it would have grown in the ways that it has. Um, But I also can't honestly tell you that it would not have had I gone a different direction. It's just kind of the state of affairs that I have ended up in through my decisions. Um, And like I said, there has been value in that. And there's also learning that can be done now as we reflect. So step three, stop and check in with the universe. And I recall quite vividly that this is something I did not do at all as I was navigating this decision. So what I typically love to do is a meditation and ask God or the universe, whatever you're most comfortable with, um, to show you, show me, the next right steps to take in this situation. So in this instance, I might have, I like to write my prompt on a paper first, and then I'll get down on my knees and read it out loud, and then I'll sit and do my meditation. So it might have been something like, dear God, please show me the truth of the next right step for me to take in growing my business. Or it could have been, dear God, please show me the next right step to take in terms of this mentorship opportunity. And then I would do a five minute mindfulness meditation. And with that, just trying to let go of any thoughts that come up and trust that if they need to, they will still be there when that timer goes off. Side note, Remember to set a timer that is not obnoxious and is a noise that you actually kind of like to hear because the worst thing in the world is to be jolted out of a meditation with the sound of a hockey buzzer. Please don't do that. Find a chime. And then when that chime goes off, a stream of consciousness journal. And that can look like pages. It can be a paragraph. It can be one sentence. Whatever comes up without feeling like I am editing the ideas as they flow onto the page is how I like to approach that part. And the decision may end up staying the same and that's completely okay. The idea is to let desire come in as a guide rather than fear so that we can feel more peaceful looking back at how we made the decision and also feel more peaceful moving through that decision. So if it comes up that actually your desire is the same thing that your fears are guiding you towards, then maybe your fears are showing you the truth and they're just things that you need to work through. There can also be these um, legitimate feelings that this is not right and the fears are actually pushing us towards something that isn't right for us. So this is a chance to check in and really get clear on what's what for us in the moment right now. So my parting words to you, take pause, ask the universe for help, And let your physical body guide you into your truth and into a life that you desire. So thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Living in Desire podcast. If you haven't already, I would super appreciate if you hit that subscribe button and left a five-star review to help make the show more accessible to other magical humans like yourself. Until next time, I am your host, Natalie of Natalie Christina Coaching, wishing you the most desire-filled day.